Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 52 of the Kamena Voice. On this episode, I speak to the owner of Jasmine Thai, Rockaway, and Mammoth Burger. Please welcome Chantel Keller. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kamena Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Kamena Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, Subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Commando Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I got to speak with the owner of Jasmine Thai, Rockaway, and Mam- Mammoth Burger, uh, Chantel Keller. And she has started, so she started with Jasmine Thai, um, and uh, she started there as a waitress. And eventually purchased the company from the previous owner, and then um, and then continued to build out other restaurants from there. So, for anyone that's that's talked to a restaurant owner or has worked uh, seen a restaurant um, from the operation side, they know just how much work a single restaurant can be. You've got your team members, you've got um, making sure everything's running smoothly. You have to handle any issue that comes up. So to me, like one restaurant is a huge amount of work and you have to be very flexible and adaptable in running that. And she is now running three separate restaurants, um, which to me was just like mind blowing because that just sounds like so much work and stress. Um, and so I really wanted to, inter- I've been looking forward to the interviewing Chantel to kind of figure out how do you do this? Um, so had a great conversation with her. Um, there was also two other, there was a restaurant, another restaurant, as well as a coffee stand that she owned at one point, um, and has since allowed those to move on. So anyways, uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Chantel Keller. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode. Uh, today I have the owner of Jasmine Thai. Rockaway and Mammoth Burger. Please welcome to the podcast, uh, Chantel. Hi there. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, it is. All right. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Chantel. Uh, Well, I'm a local to the area. I've been here my whole life. I come from a large family of nine kids. Okay. Um, So really close with all my family. I like the local town and um, yeah, work hard and like to have fun and love this part of the state that we live in here. Yeah. Very cool. So where are you and the nine kids then? I'm number six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in the, the middle? Yeah, right in the middle. <laughs> okay. Very cool. And then are your siblings like around here or they've moved out? Uh, for the most part, they're all, everyone's on Camino or Kirkland or Seattle. So okay. really close. Very cool. Yeah. How did your, did your family, like has your family lived here for a long time then? Like we moved to Camano Island when I was one. So, okay. Yeah, and my parents still live in the house that I grew up in. So okay. Yeah. Got it. Very cool. Where Where are they from then? Uh, they lived in Seattle before that, but they're okay. both from Washington. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um. So what was kind of your so then uh, what was kind of your like educational background? Uh, I was actually homeschooled, so I was oh, one very of the cool. first breed of homeschoolers on Camano. Um, back when we used to get our school books out of old school bus that was sitting in a field. So um, there wasn't much options for textbooks or anything back then. So, uh, you know, it was a lot of hands-on learning. And my dad's uh, an attorney, so um, he had a higher education. It was really important to him to do a lot of hands-on teaching of us. And um, But, yeah, I was 
did that and then running start and uh, off to uh, Western for business school. Okay. Very cool. I actually, uh, I was homeschooled as well growing up. And so um, kind of followed in that. And by the time we were doing homeschool, there was a pretty good sized homeschool group here on the island. So Yeah. Yeah. The, the co-op out there at um, Camino Chapel had kind of started when I was a teenager. And yeah. Yeah. I was kind of almost, I was too old for it probably by then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure there's more support now. Um, but it was, there was a good group of us back then and we were kind of close knit. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's definitely, like, when we moved up here from Arizona, I mean, I was, like, five, so I was super young, but um, that was, like, we had never even really heard of homeschooling from down there, and when we moved up here, they're like, where's the nearest school? And they're like, well, most of us homeschool. <laughs> they're like, do what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that was part of it, was the bus ride. My parents were like, how long of a bus ride are kids have to be on? Wow. Yeah. 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 No, and then, like, the, the bus stop, like, the bus stops, you know, were pretty north focused and yeah, yeah. difficult so. <laughs> for sure oh very cool um so then you well, after you graduate did you do homeschool you did homeschool all through high school then yep. and yeah okay yeah nice I did running start at schedule college for the last two years okay yeah nice and it was um, nice because being homeschooled, you are allowed to do sports. So I was able to do sports through the high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, what sports were you into? Uh, track and swimming. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So then did you actually, did you get an AA from Skagit then? When I you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So then uh, did you go, like, did you just go high school, Skagit, and then straight into college? Yep. Yep. Right into, okay. <laughs> um, right into Western's business, business and economics school. Okay. So, yeah. And I focused with... Um, Management and marketing was kind of my core there. Okay. Yeah. What was the reasoning? Would you choose business? Uh, it was just something I always knew from when I was a kid. I was just kind of hustling business when I was really little, and it was I was just always an entrepreneur. So yeah. that was just the clear and direct, obvious path for me. Um, my dad's an attorney, and he always hoped one of the kids in our family would be, but it wasn't the right fit. And then I have three brothers. They're all dentists and went into dental. And I was like, I kind of dabbled in that and it wasn't the right fit. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just knew I wanted to be in the business world and have my own business and have, um, I enjoy the flexibility of it and, you know, the challenge of it and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's difficult. Like attorney and dentistry and all that stuff is Something else. Yeah, I to me, I, I feel it's almost rigid for how I like to be. So mm -hmm. I I like that um, being you know a business owner. It's almost every day is different. Yeah. You know, and so some people don't do well in that, but I thrive right. in that. So you know, it's like some days are easy, some are really hard. But you wake up and you never know what the challenges are going to be for the day, or what it's you know what the complaints or what the pros or what you know. Um, so it's, uh, but I like it and I'm used to that. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that was something, uh, you know, I've worked, uh, my background was engineering, and so I worked at an engineering company that was similar, like it was, um, by the time I joined in, I think they had just hit 500 employees, Oh wow! Um, and it's in Cedra Woolley, so it was a really large engineering company and, and manufacturer, um, but they still operated very entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. so like the work environment was very dynamic, and they, and I, my supervisor uh, was like, yeah, some people just can't handle the like the drastic day-to-day -day changes that mm. you might be doing one day to the next. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of people that work at like Boeing and stuff that they just come in, they do their yep. work, they do exactly what their job is. Yep. Um, and the company I was working for is not that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've learned to very much appreciate personalities like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of employees that way and it works well. You put them in the right spot yeah. and then you put the other ones that don't like that. Cause there's people that, you know, they kind of, they get itchy if they stay in that role and they need to do something else and something more challenging. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and it's definitely true because we, um, I mean, that's something that as you're building a business and working in it, you realize the people that are able to just do a task that you, you know, personally, if you did that every day, you're like, I would just quit. I can do it. But <laughs> yeah. they are excellent at it and they just keep doing it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You yep. are very valuable. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. That master of their craft, you know, and they yep. just hone that in. So it's good. Yeah. No, very cool. Um, so then... Uh, you graduated from uh, Western, so you were like 20 or so when you graduated? Um, I was about 22, and I actually never got my degree. I'm like 15 credits away from oh, it. No. So um, the September I was going to start business school, I got the opportunity to manage, become the general manager of Jasmine Thai. Um, okay. I had been waitressing there, so and um, paying my way through school. And then I got, so I was going to be going to school, and a month before I started business school, I started general managing the restaurant. Okay. Um, so I lived here and commuted up to Bellingham to go to school and then would decide to go work at the restaurant, go to school, come back and work at the restaurant. Um, you know, and almost two years of that was a grind. So I kind of had to make the decision of keep working at the restaurant and managing it and gain experience or keep getting an education. Right. Uh, but at that point, I had all my core class done. It was just like electives. So right. I was like, I don't know. Do I, yeah. do I, you know, give up this to get a degree and what's the degree worth compared to experience of what I want to be doing. Right. Um, so yeah, I've thought about it. I'm like, should I go back? <laughs> Take some art classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was, uh, in, in, uh, for engineering school, it was like the last year, I think it was my senior year. I was doing some gen ed classes. So I was like with 17, 18 year olds mm-hmm. and, um, I was like, why? Why do I need to take this class right now? Yeah, yeah, and I, I took I took school very serious because I mm-hmm. was paying for it myself and I was driving all the way up there. And, yeah, um, but not not everyone in class does. So yeah, <laughs> I reached a point where you're kind of like, well, I mean, what what are you paying for? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So then you would, um, what? How old were you when you had started at Jasmine? Then I was 19. Okay. Yeah, I started as a, a waitress there on the weekends. Okay. Yeah. It w- was that at the. The location in Stanwood then? Yeah, the okay. same one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then um, how did that come about then? You were a waitress and going to school, and then what kind of happened from there? Uh, the general manager had to move on, and she had personal things in her life, so she quit, and so the owner was looking for someone else to manage the store because he had other restaurants, and he was based out of Mount Vernon. Okay. Um, so he never really even came to Stanwood to the restaurant. So, um, yeah, he offered me the position, and it you know, it was what I wanted to do. And I was already kind of starting to do the role. And, yeah. um, so it, it just, I wanted to do it, you know, and it kind of seemed like a no brainer. So I stepped into it and yeah, I thought I could do both, but (laughs) (laughs) I could, but it was, uh, you, you sacrifice a lot of personal life doing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, very cool. So what are the, if don't mind sharing, what are the other, the other restaurants that, um, that owner owned at that time? Uh, the Thai house up there in Mount Vernon. Oh, okay. Um, in downtown. He doesn't own it anymore. Okay. Um, I think it's on 1st Street or 2nd Street. Yeah, right off the main drag. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so he started that one. So he was kind of oh, really? you know, pioneer of the Thai restaurants up here. Very cool. Um, so he had that one first, and then he opened um, Jasmine 
Um, and then he had one Erwan out in Oak Harbor also. Okay. Um, and he had, I think, two restaurants in uh, like Minnesota where he was from too that he was kind really? of pilot managing. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, Tyos is still up there cranking and yeah, yeah. Very cool. All right. So then uh, once you got into that position, then how did it kind of evolve from there? Um, I was doing that role for a bit, and then. Um, actually the old manager that had been managing and moved on, came back and bought the restaurant from the owner. Um, and so she operated it for a year, um, and realized it wasn't what she really wanted to be doing, um, as the owner. So then she approached me and she wanted to sell. So, um, you know, I was pretty young, but pooled resources and made it happen. And yeah, that's, that was the first restaurant. Wow. Um, and it was cool because even though I didn't start it from scratch, I had been a part of it from, I started working there like five days after they opened. So wow, okay. I'd been there and knew everything about it and, you know, every little nook and cranny of the place and every dish and everything and all the customers and stuff from the get go. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that's, I mean, honestly, when you're, if you're looking at um, either ownership, but even, even management stuff like that, like. Um, nothing beats training someone up from the ground, like them starting at the lowest level of mm-hmm. level of entry and then working their way up because then the customers know them. They understand the customers. They also understand every position along the way yep. and what's required and, and how to perform it so that you can check on people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'd done a, before that, I'd, uh, my first job was actually <clears throat> on Camino here that what's now Crow's Nest was. People have been on the island a long time. I remember it was Renee's when it very first oh, opened. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, like fine French cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was 15. I started dishwashing there. Okay. So that was my my first job was, you know, that. And then moving on to uh, um, Jimmy's. I put in my time at Jimmy's. I think most people have locally. Yeah. <laughs> so put in a good two years there as a, a hostess and busser and all that. So Okay. Uh, yeah, I've done everything in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So then... Um, so then you purchased Jasmine. What did that, once that happened, how did that kind of feel and how did that change your day-to-day and everything? Uh, I was always a really good employee in the sense that I kind of treated it like my business and had a sense of ownership with it. Um, but it is different when you're the owner, you know. So I, and there had been a lot of changes I wanted to make personally to kind of um, make it a little bit more fine dining and kind of step it up a little bit rather than being you know, go away from kind of being like a teriyaki's type restaurant to being more fine dining. Um, so I was able to make those changes and move in that direction with the restaurant. Um, and there were some menu changes and things like that that I couldn't do before. So I was able to just kind of make it my own. Yeah. Um, so, and then increasing marketing and doing things and doing it my way. Right. Was, you know, so yeah, yeah, definitely. How was that? Um, what were some of the changes that you were kind of implementing as you were going through? Um, like specifically exactly towards like the uh, bigger image. Yeah, like I guess I guess trying to create more of a fine dining experience versus a, you know, just grab uh, and go. Or... Uh, I mean, there's atmosphere was a big one, you know, so mm-hmm. making sure like closing the doors to the kitchen and not having, you know, because they used to not even have the, a door to the kitchen. So we actually put on a door so you don't have to hear and see because um, it's loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we put in lighting. And so we did like dim light down lighting, the candles on tables, um, oh, nice. you know, nice, like kind of more calm, quaint music. Um, we changed everyone's uniforms into more um, upscale uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, i trying to think what else with that. We uh, updated like menus to make them nicer rather than cheap paper ones. We got professionally designed, nice menus, um, updated our plateware even. Uh, and then it was the image of and training of staff of mm-hmm. how to behave, you know, slow down, be quieter, um, 
be more helpful, talk to customers more, and up, just step up the customer service aspect. Right. How, how did you go about training that with your team? Uh, back then, we were really small. So, okay. I mean, there was only probably four other employees. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. so we would sit, we would have meetings, you know, we'd sit down, we'd talk about, we talk, and that was a lot of hands-on training on site. Um, it's my baby. So, you know, there's a lot of just being there and teaching people and directing them through shifts. And as we were doing things of, you know, don't do it that way, do it this way. And this is how I want it. And, um, you know, so it, not everyone likes to change. So <laughs> yeah. know, sometimes you have to hire a new and move on. Right. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was, everyone was ready for it though too. So, yeah. and it, and it worked, it was, we started increasing sales and customers liked it and it was the right formula um, yeah. for the store and for Stanwood, you know, it was the right fit. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> had you, since you had been a waitress and stuff, did you know all the recipes on the back end side or did you have no. people that <laughs> kind of did all that? No, we had, um, we had the same cooks. We actually, um, we have still have one of the cooks that we've had. She's been there from the beginning. So wow. um, a few, you know, come and go yep. and stuff. But it was, we only had four cooks that rotated, you know, the days. And no, that was all them. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take any credit for any of that. Very cool. Um, I did, uh, me and my partner did open, um, it was uh, Jasmine, Jasmine Express out here okay. at the IJ market. Yeah. Um, so we when we opened that, we did have to delve into cooking. Um, okay. So we did. For about a year or two, I was full-time cooking um, and had to learn all the recipes and the style. And um, before that, I'd kind of, I'd play in the kitchen, you know, and it was slow. We'd play and they'd teach me how to stir fry and roll sushi and stuff. Yep. But now that was, that was a full, full-time kitchen. So when that first opened, it was, um, I was there half the time, you know, if you ordered, it was me cooking. Okay. <laughs> long days there. So I yeah. do know it now. Yeah. Very cool. So then how long did, was it between when you had um, taken over Jasmine Thai in, in, Mount, or Stanwood, uh, that you guys opened up the one at the plaza? I think it was um, probably about four or five years. Okay. Yeah. And then we ran that for two years, um, and th- we ended up pretty much sold it off, kind of gave it to the girls who were working there. So okay. we had some staff that were really good, and they were they had taken over, and they had actually, we, we kind of let them do what they want and run it the way they thought it should be, and then yeah. it kind of became where it was like they were owners. Yeah. So it was like, well you guys, you know, you have it then because you're, you're doing all the work and, you know, I've, you can have that. So, oh, very cool. Um, so we took it over and she's a really good friend of mine, Maya, that owns there. So we okay. still talk all the time and she still helps me if I need help with Thai, you know, communicating with some Thai cooks or sourcing product or um, anything of that sort. And then I help her if she has, needs help with her POS system or something yep. like that. <laughs> oh, POS systems are always fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> very cool. Okay. So then, um, what kind of happened next that uh, you were running, you had those two, then what kind of, what happened from there? I, um, actually opened Shipwreck Coffee, um, on Camino here. Okay. So, uh, I got that up and going, um, found out I don't have a knack for the coffee field. Um, so <laughs> I ran it for about two or two and a half years and then kind of the same story. I had a, a girl that was working there, Jessica, um, working with me, managing there, um, and I can tell she really wanted to make it her own. So, you know, I said, how about you just lease, because I own the property. I was like, how about you just lease it from me and, and you run it? Yeah. So she's taken over and she's done an awesome job. Very so, cool. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So then, and during, was that during the same time that you had both Jasmine's? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I also 
had my real estate license and sold real estate for like five years okay. like in that time. And I spent five years commuting down to Redmond, um, managing my brother's dental practice down there. He has a cosmetic dental practice. Okay. So I would do that Monday through Thursday, and then I'd work at the restaurant on the weekend. So, yeah, I've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you were like everywhere during that time. Yeah, I was working a lot. So I was really, really trying to build something, you yeah. know. So, and I didn't have kids at the time. And so it was, you know, I liked working more than not working. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So then you were, you said you were managing the office then as well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A dental practice. I was at, at the Redmond Town Center down there. So it was very busy. He's still practicing. So, um, yeah. So I learned all about that field and stuff because, you know, you sometimes think about, if you want to change careers or, you know, mm-hmm. do I always, you know, it's like, do I always want to do the restaurant thing? Do I always want to be on Camino? And right. so trying something in the city, you know, it was, um, it made me realize I do like what I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is funny when you, uh, step outside of, you know, just test something out and then be able to be like, no, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Very cool. So then what kind of happened after that? Um, after that, I, I've always kind of had a growth plan. Um, not necessarily, specifically written out, but it's always been in my head. So, um, cause I want to, when I've been working, I always am building systems. Um, yeah. so I've kind of leaned towards, even though I'm mom and pop, I kind of, I strive to be more corporate style in the sense yeah. of having those systems in place for consistency and training and all that. So I, while I was working, I was always building systems and making things run smoother and smoother and more efficient. And, um, and that gets to the point where it's like, well, I'm not needed here so much now cause it's working. Yeah. Um, so I, after doing that, um, yeah, you know, there's kind of an opportunity came up for Rockaway in that space um, at Camelot Golf Course. So okay, yeah, I took I started that I guess six years ago now, I think. So uh, got that up and running, um, and then the building in town that we own, uh, we own that the historical greenery building that okay. Jasmine's in. Um, when did you? When did you guys get uh, obtain that? That I think was about eight or nine years ago. It actually was. Um, it was repossessed and then it was, uh, there was no one owning it, but a bank for like a year. And so it was kind of starting to dilapidate and we were having a lot of maintenance issues and, um, built, it needed a lot of love. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, the choice, you know, was either let it go to auction and someone snag it and then who knows what would happen to Jasmine. Right. Um, so we made the choice to, to pick it up and try to renovate it and, you know, make it our own. Yeah. Um, so then we, it became apparent that there was uh, there was another restaurant there in that space that Mammoth is in now, um, and they'd been there a very long time. But it, there was a lot of maintenance that needed to be done there, yeah. um, and there was no op- option but to have to completely tear it apart to be able to fix all the stuff that needed to be fixed. So, yeah. um, and with that, it was like, well, let's should just open a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there's different concepts and ideas of what it should be and what Stan would need it. And, you know, so I, I felt like I had a good feel for what Stan would had and didn't had and what's come and gone over the years. And, um, you know, a good burger restaurant and beers on tap is kind of n- missing in Stanwood or was, yeah. you know, so that was kind of where that concept came from. I toyed with uh, wood-fired pizza and I'm glad I didn't because then mod pizza came. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, Mammoth came after that, and uh, we're a year and a half in there now. Very cool. So with um, with Rockaway, then, did you? What was the reasoning behind picking that style of food and um, kind of getting that up and going? Then, um, the whole concept kind of started with I wanted to just do something different. You know, I kind of just had a vision in my head. And I was like, you know, it'll be just be fun because I'm doing something from scratch and that's my own. Yeah. Um, so same thing. Played with a lot of different menu ideas and. 
there's a part of me that wanted to do maybe food that I lean towards more or something, but I think for Camino, there was just definitely a need for the American style fish and chips and burgers and, um, you know, it was needed on Camino mm-hmm. and with how successful Diamond Knot had been out here, um, you know, cause they had closed down left at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so that was, you know, where that came from. And then the whole concept was, um, like this steampunk theme. Um, is where the design and all that came from. So, okay. you know, I was like, oh, what you know, do you just paint the walls, put tables and chairs here, or do you try to have, like, a theme? Yeah. You know, so we tried to, like, tie together this, like, steampunk theme. So still always adding, like, decorations and, you know, making it more like that, but that's kind of, like, the theme of the place. Yeah. Well, and because I went there way back as a kid um, when it was the little, I don't know, the thing for the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I am like it wasn't it wasn't anything exciting it was you know a sandwich and chips or whatever mm-hmm. um and uh my one of my friends and I went to Rockaway uh probably a couple of years ago and um I was like whoa this is totally different like nice menu and good beer selection so um yeah I thought it was really neat when yeah. we went in there oh, thank you so. yeah yeah that was it was a jump to do a full bar too cuz yeah. uh Jasmine's beer and wine okay. so you know having a full bar and learning all about that and diff- alcohol and building cocktails and uh, pricing it and all that. I mean, it was a whole new like business, you know, right. doing all that. So it was, you know, it was a fun road learning all that and some ups and downs. <laughs> yes, always are. Um, but yeah, we really enjoyed the theme there and, and what we're doing. And I think it's kind of evolved too, you know. So there was, uh, when we first started, I thought it'd be really fun. I really wanted like a certain uniform and themes and look. And we've kind of had to move away from it. But it was when we first opened, everyone wore like patterned fishnet stockings. <laughs> Um, and it was funny. It got a lot of talk going. Yeah. That, that's what you need, right? <laughs> you know, so I, they were fishing out stockings out the window. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my staff said they won't work there if they have to. So <laughs> like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. So then, <clears throat> then you were deciding you had taken over the uh, old granary building and then you renovated it and decided to open up Mammoth Burger. Mm-hmm. How did, like, you've now opened, you've now been running and managing the Jasmine, and then you started this, which was a full bar and grill at the uh, Rockaway. Then, as you moved into this one, how did you kind of get start getting your ideas and everything for Mammoth Burger? Uh, there was an overall vision um, of what the theme would be, and then I've seen a lot of things and ideas, and I save them, and I have like a little pin board and stuff, you know. And I save them on my computer and ideas, things I really like when I see them. Um, I like to eat out a lot, so when mm-hmm. we travel and stuff, we always go try different restaurants and yeah. Um, kind of a foodie in that sense. So I, there was kind of some things I really liked. And the green color, you know, the bright green thing was just really had popped with me. And I really liked that theme when I've seen other places. Yeah. Um, like at Whole Foods and stuff. Um, so it was that. And then the concept of being, it's an old, old building, you know. So And then having the brand new stuff in the old building is kind of this like shabby chic, you know. It's it's a unique look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as opposed, you know, you build a new restaurant, you have the concrete floors and drywall, you know, so it's kind of right. like we have all the old cedar and, um, you know, it's 130 years old now. So yeah. it's <laughs> that's a really cool building. Yeah. So um, it was that. And then with it came, we wanted the same thing, a theme and a concept. And uh, we wanted to be Pacific Northwest. So it was like, well, we thought of all sorts of names and everything under the sun. And then, you know, the concept of like, well, mammoth and then having mammoth portions and the mammoth burger, you know, so we have one big burger you know it's like $50 and it's a big burger you can share with like six people and um having that and then like big huge we have big beer mugs and you know so you kind of have the fun aspect to it that if people really want to come and make it a social fun thing they can yep. do that rather than just having a meal right 
Yeah, very cool. How many of the mammoth burgers have you sold? Uh, we do. We're averaging, I think, well, right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's different times. Oh, yeah. It's a little different right now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but before all this started, I think we were, we were doing like um, two, four, two to four a week or so. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Some nights uh, someone would order one and then everyone, we have a cowbell we ring when, you know, people order it. And so um, when someone would just see it go by, they'd be like, what's that? I don't want to do that. So... Um, oh, very cool. And some people see it, and then they plan on the next time they're going to come. We've had a few guys that make it a challenge to do the whole thing on their own. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, no, it's, it's people, it's fun. They plan it, you know, they're like, for my birthday, I'm going to come, and that's what we're going to have a birthday party and eat the Mammoth Burger. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, okay, so then <clears throat> how have you, so with each of these new restaurants and everything, have you kind of borrowed from your team from the previous ones, or have you kind of just started a, started fresh new managers new everything as you built these up um no we definitely move people around and um with the growth and it's what's been really great about it is having having the three stores gives us better resources to be able to pay people more and give people more careers than mm -hmm. just part-time jobs right because um, we can spread them out over the three places um and they have more opportunity. Um, so we've, each time we open a new place, we do have to hire a lot. Right. Um, but we do have, I think, the majority of our staff um, works at all three places when needed. So okay. <laughs> um, people pop around, and it's, sometimes they see what they're, because each store is very different mm -hmm. than the other. Um, so, you know, some of them, they really like working at Rockaway. Or someone says, oh, I really like the, like, slower pace, the fine dining jasmine thing, you know, the more bistro style, or, you know, yeah. I, I really like the dealing with the kids and the families at Mammoth and the fast pace. And um, so we just kind of find where everyone's the right fit. And when we yeah. hire people, we tell them, we're like, well, we're, you're going to cook, you're a cook at Mammoth, but, <laughs> you yep. know, we'll probably have you try this out at Rockaway or come over and help at Jasmine and try rolling some sushi or, um, so it gives us um, options. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And how has that been um, as far as like, uh, well, I guess like corporate, so do they all operate as one basically then? No, they're all separate corporations. They are, okay. Yep. Yeah, completely. So we have, um, there's pros and cons to that, but everything yes. is completely set up as its own in that sense. So, um, yeah, it, it's good because if we ever need to move anything around, so if we can, but there's, that does mean you have to buy, you know, have your own bank account and everything has to be, all those processes set up for each right. one. Um, I mean, I, I know how to do it now. Um, but yeah, so we, you do have to have everything completely separate in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, we actually, we... I mean, prior to my dad selling us the companies, um, it all operated as, under Jeff, but it was owned, like it was, we had eight different corporate or businesses no. that we were managing and running. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, okay, so this is expense. You have a receipt and you're like, where does it go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got uh, quite a few stack of credit cards in my wallet. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes I do pull out the wrong one and I'm later, I'm like, oh, well, that was for Jasmine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone sees the receipt, they're like, why were you buying cheese for Jasmine? And you guys don't even have cheese there. I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. How many uh, employees do you have across all of them then? Um, when we're full operating at normal levels and kind of summer peak times and stuff, I, I would say we push limits up to 100. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and then how have you guys kind of responded with, with COVID and everything? How have you guys kind of um, changed and stuff? Uh, we, we adapted really quickly. So, um, 
I was able to do a lot from home and I spent a couple of really, really long nights doing data entry and setting up. Um, but we already had our online ordering portal. Okay. Um, we had it set up for, um, for Jasmine and we did have it set up for Mammoth, but we hadn't really launched it a whole lot. So, yeah. um, in about two days we got it completely set up for Mammoth and set up for Rockway. Um, and then we set up the delivery. So okay. we started a new delivery business in a day. Um, <laughs> so it turned out to be a, a hit, you know, we learned a lot along yeah. the way. Um, but it worked really well in the sense that we were doing self delivery rather than using Uber eats or right. um, any of those, because what we pretty much did is we pulled our wait staff and any cooks, you know, anyone that was losing hours rather than putting them on unemployment, we were able to pull them into running deliveries for us. Yeah. Um, so it, it worked well and, you know, we, we discontinued it and Stan would now have gone to phase two, but we're still doing it at Rockaway and that might be something we continue. Okay. Um, and now, uh, now we know how it runs and it's not so intimidating, the concept of it and, right. um, and to see if people like it and, you know, how, how the ins and outs of, of it work. So I, it seemed to be a bigger hit on Camino than it was in Stanwood. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. So it really seems like Camino Island, like their, their delivery. Yeah. Well, they like their, um, one of the things that I've learned, um, living here and then working here and stuff is that it's definitely a bedroom community and, um, you know, we, we've thrown different events and stuff and to different success levels. Um, but when it comes to like just gathering, there's a lot of people that would prefer to just sit at home and enjoy their time at, yep. in their house than to go out <laughs> and see a big crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's the concept, too, is there there are a lot. Part of being on Camino is sometimes that seclusion and the privacy and mm-hmm. not wanting to go out in public. And um, I think sometimes that's why people move here, you know, is to get out of the city and rather than having someone looking in your window or sharing a wall with an apartment, someone you have privacy. And, right. Um, so I in that sense, I think some of them really like the no contact delivery because we just set it on their porch and knock and leave and they even have to talk to anyone. Right. <laughs> yep. All right. Very cool. Um, so then you, you currently have these three restaurants. Um, when's number four opening? <laughs> oh, about three months. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> very cool. So we're, we're uh, we, I've kind of had a, a idea in my head for a while and it's um starting to take place so we're we're getting starting construction in a week or so and the space in front of jasmine okay Um, so with jasmine mammoth down there there's a small little space in the front um so we're gonna make that into like a high-end kind of speakeasy martini bar okay Um, so a, a very like more adult bar Right. Um, so not open real late at night. You know, it's going to be more for just going in there and relaxing and having a like a really good handcrafted cocktail. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. And we're <laughs> sticking with the theme of um, old style, old school. Um, so the building, I learned when I, about a couple of years ago, I talked to the Historical Society in Stanwood about um, trying to get the history on the building. So I was just yeah. wondering, I was like, oh, you know, what do you guys have? It would be interesting to see all the... Um, even just to know all the businesses that have been there, because even in my 20 years there, I'm like the businesses have come and gone. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's like it's history. It's part of Stanwood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but talking to them, we found out it was, used to be called the uh, People's Union Hall. Okay. And that's what it was originally built for. And it was like East Stanwood's People Union Hall. Um, and they have upstairs, well, that's why uh, they're before the walls are up. There's actually a big, huge stage up there. Okay. And they'd hold big, that was their meeting hall. Okay. Um, oh, so very cool. Come with that. That's what we've decided to name the bar. It's going to be the People's Union Bar. Okay. So to kind of stick with that theme, we're going to have some of the old pictures the Historical Society gave me up in there and oh, stuff. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah. So nice. kind of have the whole theme and idea in my head. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So then does that, is that going to also have like, um, like hors d'oeuvre type 
uh, yeah. food? Yeah, okay. we're doing more like a tapas small menu. Okay. Um, there, because another thing I've learned is labor's expensive. So. Yes. <laughs> We're trying to have as as few employees work there as we can, um, right. so we don't. And there's not enough room to have a full kitchen with yeah. prep. Um, so we're gonna have a small little small bites menu, and then people can order from Jasmine or Mammoth, and we'll come bring it over to you. Okay. So kind of have some fun vibe going there with all that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So then, um, and you've now that you've been there for a long time, how have you kind of seen that? Because that part of Stanwood has has definitely evolved a lot over the last you know, 25 years since mm-hmm. we moved here. Um, when when we first moved here, they had the old bakery in mm-hmm. that there still. Yeah. Um, so we used to go there and get donuts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but how have you kind of seen, since you've been there, how have you seen kind of the evolution of that downtown area? Um, it's nice. It's changed a lot. Even the last five years, it seems to be kind of getting cleaned up a little mm-hmm. more, um, which is good because it, it needed, a lot of those buildings are really, really old. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy fixing them. You know, a lot of times I'm like, it would be easier to bulldoze it and start over. Right. But, um, you know, to keep the historical value and that, the historical look. Um, so it's nice. Uh, and kind of an interesting fact of that East Town there, too, is al- almost all the businesses are women-owned businesses. Oh, very cool. Um, so for the most part, I would think, I think about 80% of them are. Okay. Um, so it, it's kind of cool. And it's all local entrepreneurs and, you know. They, everyone runs the stores themselves and are on site. You know, you can walk over and say hi, and we kind of try to work together as much as we can. So yeah, um, that new bakery uh, that's opening over there, she's uh, mustard seed. I mean, I've already been talking to her about like maybe making our hamburger buns for Mammoth, and uh, we work stamped cupcakes. She makes like uh, special little mini uh, cupcakes for us that we put on our milkshakes, and we do special oh, milkshakes nice. and. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of evolving into this like entrepreneurial like mom and pop little stores. Um, yeah, more kind of a downtown area that you can walk around and shop and eat at and have options. Yeah, well, I, I've I've enjoyed seeing it like continue to grow and um, you know, s- kind of expand because we definitely hit a low point there where there was just lots of empty places there, and yeah. it was really sad because like, uh, so once the bakery closed down, it was it was slower, but then the ice cream shop opened up at the end, um, way way back, and uh, I remember being we would go there on special occasions and stuff. And oh then, yeah. And then that closed down, and we're like, oh, okay, I don't know where. Else. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And have, since Wayne's opened down there too, that's kind of it. Can give some new life to the area. Yeah. Um, so no, it's it's neat. I didn't, you know, I I driven by a lot the the floral shop there, and I happened to go on there last year just to get some, and I didn't, I'd never been in there, so it was mm-hmm. neat to go in there and be like, oh, I can walk in here and buy. And she made this little okay for me right there on the fly and like wrapped it up all nice and I was like that was cool yeah you know and it was the owner they're working so um it's it's got a neat vibe there for sure yeah yeah it's very cool I like seeing new little places open up and kind of get revived after yeah being down for a while so yeah and it's just it's important that everyone remembers <clears throat> to support too because that's the thing it's like yeah. that happens all the time in this community that somewhere closes and people go oh I really like that place you're like, but when was the last time you went there? Right. You know, so if you went there a year ago, you know, you're not, that's not actually supporting, you know, yeah. you really have to put in the effort to shop local and maybe it costs a little more sometimes, but you're also, your money's going in the community and then it's getting spread around. And yeah. Um, so it's, it's really important to keep going to those local places and supporting them. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's very cool. Um, so then with the new restaurant that you're going to be starting working on then, and then everything else, how do you... How do you manage that? Because one restaurant is a lot to manage. You've got people calling in sick. Um, yeah. You've got all these different things that happen. 
and it seems like they all happen at the same time yep. and they all are on fire and you need to fix them now. How do you kind of manage all of that? Um, I have a really good team. So I, you know, I depend a lot on them. So I, I don't think I can do it all myself. Um, so I've, I have people have been with me for a while and I have some new people and um, it's about training and depending on them and, and creating layers of, of managers, you know, so you can have the people there on site um, just having waitresses are also managers on site that can handle little, little problems for you. And then yeah. having someone, um, so right now I have a manager that's like district manager over all three. And so okay. he, t- he takes care of, you know, if there's big problems and stuff, he takes care of it. And then he calls me if it's too big of a problem for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, very cool. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's always something, especially maintenance and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first day, uh, Camino Island went into phase two. Our hood broke at Rockaway. The motor decided to go out. (laughs) So, and normally that's something that could take like five days to fix. But luckily, um, my husband, he owns an electrical contracting firm. So he's got an entire whole company that he runs and I help him with it and stuff too. Um, But we're able to get someone out there and fix it on the fly. But yeah, it's it's just always something and the timing of it is not always ideal. (laughs) Never perfect. No. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, so the first one is, do you have a lesser known or favorite location on Camino that like, that you like to hang out? Um, my Rockway beach holds a special spot in my heart. So that's where my parents' house is and where I grew up and thus the name of Rockaway. Um, so it's private beach, so no, yeah, <laughs> stay away. <laughs> um, but it's, it's West facing. And so you get the gorgeous sunsets and you know, it's just, it's a little slice of heaven out there, yeah. you know? So I really like that. I've come to really like Iverson beach too. Cause it's just, yeah. it's different, you know, yeah. it's kind of different style beach than ours there. And it's, um, really fun for kids to go there. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, if you guys go through the Hobbit trail and stuff, it's really nice to walk through there. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of different options and stuff. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Pretend you have a friend coming in from out of town. What would the first day look like here? Uh, Depends on the season, but if, <laughs> if it was summer, I'm, I'm, you got to get out on the water here, mm-hmm. you know, so that's what to really enjoy, like the island life and kind of get to enjoy it. You have to get out on the water. So, um, I do really enjoy boating. Um, and so I would say getting out on the water and, and doing some boating. And if, if you're allowed doing some crabbing is definitely fun. And then yeah. getting to have a crab feed. Right. Um, I do like all the little stands on Camino's or they have, you know, transpired over the last few years, little farm stands and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm being able to grab eggs on the side of the road and that. So it's, even though I live in Stanwood now, when I'm on the Island, I always make sure I have like some cash on me so I can like stop at all the little farm stands and pick up stuff. Yeah. So definitely that. And then got to hit Rockaway for a drink. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Um, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Uh, that was kind of a hard one because I <laughs> there's uh, different ways you can go with it, but I would say uh, Jessica Nelson on Shipwreck is uh, you'll have a fun time talking to her. Very She's cool. A cool lady. She's funny. Nice. All right, and lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard right as you're driving on the island, what would that say? Um, I think something along the lines of you know come here to relax or come here to have an adventure. You know, it's what you make of it and what yeah. you want to do. You know, because there are a lot of options for both. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Chantel Keller for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. 
And for more information on this episode, you can go to kamenocommons.com slash EP52. That's kamenocommons.com slash EP52. Thanks for listening and see you next time.